Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to World of Hard 20 Podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian, welcoming you once again to the show. You know, it's been a while since the hard slingers and I have been able to gather in the rage room. Ever since the solar system started shutting down due to the interplanetary COVID crisis that raged across the stars and wiped out entire planets, forcing World of Hard 20 Podcast to reconvene at an undisclosed and undetermined later date, I honestly didn't think it would ever get this bad. I remember saying to Junior just the other day that when this whole thing started out, I couldn't see it shutting everything down. Now, over a year later, it's hard for me to envision seeing everything opening back up. I guess my idea of two weeks to flatten the curve is different than others' idea. Uh, anyways, all that being said, the hard slingers and I were able to find it in ourselves to be comfortable once again returning to the rage room. Although Kush didn't feel comfortable sitting at the table of judgment, he wanted to sit at the little kid's table of, I want this and I want that, wearing his face mask. He wouldn't even look at us. No, just kidding. He, uh, he did look at us when he said goodbye. Kush, just kidding. You know I love you. Anyways, we sat down and we hammered out and put to file one show, which turned into two shows, but ultimately this one show. So now I have for you queued up and ready to play Talos's Farewell Tour. As always, and such as on our Dragon's Demand run through, Kush, my brother, you are always welcome back. Anytime. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast apps. Please leave us that five star rating and review on whatever app you listen to the show on. Check us out on the website at rollthehard20podcast.com and visit our Amazon merch page where you too can pick up the logo shirt in damn near any color you want. I saw a hard slinger of your tone dog wearing a red one with white lettering. Looked amazing. Not quite the color I would have picked, but then again, red is not my color. Anyways, it did look amazing. Now, warm up your dice and top off your glasses. Roll the Hard 20 Podcast presents episode 41 of our Carrion Crown run-through. Don't tell us. It's time to go. where your man cave is right yeah i still have all your star wars books i gave them to you oh permanently yeah oh really yeah oh, i didn't know that why did you not want them anymore no i've just been trying to take care of them so well because i thought i was good <laughs> i know i gave them to you because you're a huge star wars fan as well i was like well i've already read them and everything and okay i still got to read still read through like half of them but he was taking care of no, them like a museum time, rental. Right? No, every like even when we moved <laughs> and stuff, I'm like, oh fuck, these are Brian's books. No one fucked with this. No, they're your books. So I gave them to you. Oh, there we go. Jamie can read those hopefully in three years. <laughs> Ready, Koosh? Yes. That's convincing. Right. Wait, I gotta put these on. Put your ears on. I got a quick question before we start. We took a long rest before we came out here, right? So technically, most of our spell slots should be full. Yeah, but we had that big battle. I went yeah, through a handful of spell slots. I know. I went through a few, too. I was just curious. I still got plenty of um, Sacred Flame. Are we ready? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Greetings, fellow slingers. Welcome back to Roll the Hard 20 podcast. It is I, your trusted Dungeon Master, Brian Welcoming you to another episode of our Carrying Crown run through episode 41, and with me, the Hard Slingers. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. So, just so you know, I don't know if Junior, he said he didn't see it, but I've been rolling this dice while you guys were doing all your investigations. So, we got two of you in the water. We got the dock. We got Irwin in the water. We got at the shoreline, Oust and Talos. And you hear a wow. So, Oust, you were pulling this rope as this started going down. Make a perception check, everybody. Talos. 18. Doc. 17. Erwin. 22. 19. 
All of you notice that the water is starting to ripple and split as it makes its, whatever is coming under the water line is actually heading towards the dock and Irwin. It's probably about 10 feet away and moving very rapidly. Talos, what do you want to do? It's moving away and rapidly. Moving towards them and rapidly. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Sorry. I say away. I thought I heard away. If it was away, we're in luck. Oh. Yeah. No. Well, coming. I thought we'd have to Sorry. try to chase it, it down. It's coming towards you very rapidly. Okay. Uh, well, then I'm, can I, like, at yeah. least uh, see a bit of it from, from above water or whatever? It just looks uh, rocky, whatever, as though some large uh, piece of bark is moving just under the surface of the water. Okay. Would I be able to hit it with a ray of frost or no? Sure. All right. Then I will attempt to do that. Uh, that is 20 to hit. 20 to hit. That will hit. All right. Oops. I should have cut that. One point of damage. One point. But it slows it down slightly. Okay. So it's still a little bit outside of its range. Doc. So is this coming... Like, it's coming right at me. How far away is this ripple from me? It's probably about 10 feet is where it was last sighted and blasted. Okay, I am going to turn around and run back to the shore while using... Can I use the rope to kind of hold on and scurry my way back, make sure my footing's secure? Yeah, but Oust is holding on to the other end of it at this point. It's not anchored to a tree because or to the bush because he's now holding on to it because he's the one that started pulling it out of the water Alice you better hold on tight <laughs> make a strength check Alice I, I like how one of the weakest guys are holding on to this rope <laughs> <laughs> ah, not too bad that is 13 what do you got doc uh, just straight strength yeah seven seven okay so he's holding on to it you haven't pulled it out of his hand. So you're a, he's got a good anchor point for you as you keep moving out of the water. Erwin, what are you doing? I'm going to try to do the same thing to try to grab on the rope and okay. hoist myself, try to hoist myself back to the shore. Make another straight check. Both so how far do I get toward the shore? You're like right 10 feet the, away? Yeah, you're right on the shoreline at this point. Okay. Mm. That is six for oust. 17. 17. You pull the rope out of his hand. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> oust. Uh, try to grab the rope and see if I could uh, hold on to them and whatever's tied to the bottom of the rope. That is 10. 10? You could pick up the rope. That's all you're doing. Okay. You see this. I saw a movement, right? 30 feet back? Well, it's With the 10 rope. feet back. Right? <laughs> 10, 10 feet back. You see this thing crest the water line. It looks like a red tinted uh, crocodile. And attempts to attack you, Erwin. Red-tinted crocodile. The fuck? <laughs> With a 19 on the die? Yeah, that'll hit. So it, it attempts to... Well, it does bite you. There's no attempt about it anymore. For eight points of damage, and you are grappled in its mouth at this point. Oh, shit. Talos. You see Erwin attacked by this red chimen. Okay. Um... How bad does Irwin look, other than grappled? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's doing it all in the a la nude at this point. <laughs> see, there, there's the chimen right on the bottom. Ah. Man, you didn't have advantage on uh, staying out of it with all that grease? I know, right? Um, he's slippery, I mean. <laughs> uh, Teflon teeth. Shoot. All right, I will... I'll throw out another ray of frost, um, but I'll be ready to assist Ermin if things get even worse for him. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to cast a spell. Let's have let's do uh, Maximilian's Earthen Grasp. Uh, so, like a hand made of earth shows okay. up next to the Kaiman, and then it tries to grapple the Kaiman. Okay. <laughs> so you see this this crude hand made of sediment and and fungus and shit rise up from the bottom of the water and attempt to grab it. It's a strength check on that, right? It's a strength save, yes. Remember that, 14? 
14. My spell safe DC is 15, so that this Okay, that so it just grabs it and squeezes, so we got a chain of squeezing going on <laughs> right now. Uh, and then I got to roll 2d6 for damage, and it's bludgeoning damage. Okay. Four points of bludgeoning damage. God, that's it, huh? And he's restrained. Okay. So we got that's a pretty chain funny. of restraints. <laughs> <laughs> Doc. You know, uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't even do an initiative. I've just been going down the line. <laughs> uh, let's roll some initiative. Okay. Ooh, okay. Tell us what your initiative is. 21. 21. Oust? 11. Erwin? 10. Doctor? 12. What's your dex? Zero. Okay. So, we're going to go with you anyways right now, Doc. Okay. Can I see the, uh, the Cayman... Is he above the water? Well, I mean, he has... Yeah, he's crested the water, and he has Erwin in its, in its mouth, but it looks as though it's restrained as, as well by whatever Talos had created and has now got it in its grip. It's held fast by something from the base of the water. Okay. I'm going to uh, cast Sacred Flame Okay. at the croc. The deck save. 12. Fails. And that is, ooh, that's good. That is 12 points radiant damage. Damn. Radiant, right? Yep. Yep. Is that it? Yep. Oust. How did you trap this? this? I, made a, I made a hand out of, like, sand and sediment, and it just grabbed the croc. Alchemy. Okay. Alchemy. Full yeah. metal right. alchemist. Full metal alchemist. Um. Mm-hmm. I just started rewatching Brotherhood. It's so good. Anyway. <laughs> what is that? Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Oh. Weeb shit. I'm going to produce flame at the short line and toss it towards the gator. I don't remember what kind of save it is for you, though. Is it a save? It, is that an attack spell? The spell ends. It's an attack spell. Yeah, then you make an attack. All right. He's restrained, so you might... I don't know if you have advantage or uh, not. I'm going to miss, because that's only going to be... Yeah, they grapple creatures you have advantage on. Not much better. So... Let's see, restrained. It is... Is it restrained or grapple? It's restrained. restrained. Oh, sorry. So it has uh, zero movement, attack rolls have advantage, and uh, the creatures' attack rolls have disadvantage. Have disadvantage, okay. So I'm going to miss on both. With the advantage and Jesus Christ. I know, right? <laughs> and I'm gonna slowly walk into the swamp and I'm gonna use my bonus action to transform Suicide. into a crocodile. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, did I get the wrong one? Move <laughs> the hand. Erwin, one's red, one's green. <laughs> You're currently in this Tell us it's creature's <laughs> mouth. Uh, go ahead and make a. Uh, well, you, actually, you save on the back end of the attack for five points of damage and go ahead and make your strength check to get out. Twelve. You remain in its grasp. Now, it needs to try to break your grasp. Yes, it has to make use its action to make a strength save again. Or oh, sh- yeah. strength check, actually, so he doesn't get the save bonus. Sixteen. 16. Let's try the blue. All right. Make me re-roll. Nine. Okay. So he's stuck. And he used his action to try and get out. Yes. Doctor. Wait. Uh, I, I didn't go. DM1's the croc, right? Didn't you go after one? No. Oh, shit. No. Sorry. Um, I am going to use my action to get the hand to squeeze him. To milk him? Yeah, milk, milk him out of his blood. Um, uh, he has to make a strength save to see how much damage he takes. Uh, 18. Okay, so he'll take half. Uh, he takes half of seven, so that's three. Okay, and he went doctor. What would you like to do? Uh, same thing from the shoreline. Just cast uh, Sacred Flame. Uh, roll for dex, please. 12. Fails. 
That is 14 points of radiant damage. So this blast strikes this caiman. You see its eyes glaze over and roll up and just completely go limp. Its jaw falls open, dropping Erwin back into the water as its lifeless body has remained held aloft in Talos's magical hand job. I squeeze him until he cr- crumples. <laughs> <laughs> so, got three of you back up on the shoreline. Erwin, you're in the water. I'm in the water as well. Oh, are you? Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> Jump on my back, Erwin. Erwin. <laughs> Come on, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so what would, you, uh, what would you guys like to do? I don't know what else wants to do. I guess Erwin will jump on Alice's back to help try to get to, to land. Okay. Alice would also like to grab the rope with his teeth and use his strength to bring whatever's anchored to the bottom up ashore. Okay. It's not really so much anchored anymore since you broke it loose uh, last episode. You are actually able to break it off the bottom and you started pulling it up which is when this thing came about. God, it's been so long ago. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so you swim to the shore, Erwin on your back, foreign rope in your mouth. There's your two boys waiting for you up on the shoreline. And I'm going to keep dragging the rope uh, until it's on land. Okay. So he's back up on the land, I imagine. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What are we doing? Hmm. Doc? Uh, when is the boat supposed to come back to pick us up? It's about an hour, right? So he'd be back in an hour. You probably got like 10, 15 minutes left at the most. Um, okay. So we know the boat's coming soon, but oust that, uh, that boat you found just in case, does that seem seaworthy? <laughs> Oust <laughs> transforms out of his wild shape. And, uh, <laughs> 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 Forgot you were <laughs> He'll uh, return back to his normal form. Um, it looks all right, but I'm not sure if it's swamp worthy. But they are uh, two oars in the boat. Under the boat. Under the boat. We should have taken those oars and ridden oust back. <laughs> <laughs> like paddle whatever, boarding. Paddle boarding. Yeah. <laughs> what else is in the. Uh, in the box. Do you want to examine the... What's in the box? What's what box? The, the bag that you pulled up off of Yeah, the what was in the bag? Do Nobody we... looked. I want to look. Okay. Well, it, Doc's going right now. Oh, okay. Doc, what do you want to do? Uh, well, after Al shapes back into himself, he has the <laughs> rope in the bag. I go, hey, what's in the bag? Let's check it out. Okay. So you open up this large bag, and you see that... It's a huge bag, probably big enough to hold a body in there. Uh, you see that there's a shovel in there. You see there's a pick axe in there, both of which are extremely rusted. You also notice a small leather-bound case that's in the bottom of it all as well. It looks like it's well-oiled, probably to prevent moisture from getting in. Okay, I'll take the leather-bound book out. It's a case case yes so um i'll take the case out uh is it i'm assuming it's probably locked or yeah no it just looks like it's tied off it's probably about 10 inches long uh looks as though it's it's rolled closed and with a probably about four inch diameter roll of it but it's all well oiled as though some kind of a weather treatment to it okay so i'll take that out and unroll it on the beach here see what we got inside okay uh as you unroll this unfurl it you notice that within our is a as a variety set of surgical tools oh hell yeah and implements they have they're all very nice uh shiny steel and the handles are made of some kind of a of an a rare type of a gem almost looks as though they're amethyst Make a perception check. 21. 21. You notice that on each one of these tools, as you eyeball them, has a raven symbol on them. 
right. Uh, well, I'll be taking these for myself. It doesn't look like anyone else <laughs> can be using these as finely as I do. Yeah, that's fine. Take I mean, them. we saw that the guy's dead, so what is he going to do? That's true. If they, in fact, belong to him. Eh. Eh. There's two ravens. This is enough for me. Yeah. That's enough evidence at this time. So as, as you guys are Guilty. looking at all this stuff and you see... You want to break down the evidence. You notice that there are several graves that have been dug up. You notice that there's a the remains of a dead body that you pulled out of this dead manticore. You see that there's a a boat that's got an extreme amount of blood, dried blood under it with oars. You saw that there's a mask that's in a bag that's in the in that small boat, as well as these surgical tools and a pick and a shovel and everything. So what's odd about this book is they it's more of a mystery type of a book. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through and we're going to do some knowledge checks so we could come to conclusions about the information and your discoveries. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have okay. a question. Uh, what is, you said wand of ghost Screams. sound? Wand of ghost sound. What does that no. do? I don't think that's a 5e spell, so I just don't know what that is. No, it's a, because this is a, a Pathfinder scenario, yeah. what I'll do is I'll get back to you guys exactly what it does. Okay. So that because I mean, even though I said it's an Arcana type of a wand, you would still have to do a little research to determine exactly what it is. I just told you that it's a wand of stuff. Yeah, I I told you it was a a wand of ghost sound. Okay. But I googled. I'm just like (laughs) I'm just like worried that I googled it. Okay. I'm worried that the guy that got eaten is like a grave robber or something because there's all these open graves. Uh, This guy's got his raven. Look, you can't you can't victim blame. A lot of people died on this island, and we're here to look for the death. I'm well. I'm wondering if that means the Manticore was killing and uh, disappearing people, or if he was. Oh, uh, this reminds me of like Jack the Ripper style, yeah. like with the mask and the surgical tools and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just the fact that he's probably grave robbing. Who knows what? What? Oh, it's more like Ed Gein to. if he's grave robbing, oh, making uh, nipple yeah. belts and. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had a, a nipple on his doorbell. Yeah, no, he had all sorts of fun stuff. Yeah. So let's go with a um, an insight check as far as... Uh, I'm sorry, let's go with a... Yeah, an insight check on the Cayman first. Okay. All of us, right? Yeah, all, everybody. Talos. 14. Doctor. 8. Erwin. 8. 8. 22. 22. Alice, do you know that having just transformed into a, what would you? Crocodile. Crocodile. And then having seen the Cayman, you know how vicious it, these creatures can be. But yet when you were interviewing the beast when he was being held, he didn't have any, he didn't exhibit any type of scarring. And you can recall from the village elders you know, Lazne and whatnot, that the beast had been attacked by a red caiman and supposedly brought under the water. But yet he didn't exhibit any of these types of, of wounds. Hmm. I'll relay that information to... I would imagine as he's discovering this, he'd be saying it out loud to everyone in the party. Also, do we... It's been a while. I'm sorry. Uh, do we know how big the beast was? Like, he was six, seven feet tall. He was a big guy, Yeah, right? he was, like, like, seven feet tall. He was just... He was a burly dude. I yeah, he was huge a... if you look at him compared to everybody else. <laughs> he was probably about uh, seven feet tall, really burly, but it looked as though he had been uh, patchworked together. But yet the, the stitching and everything was, was Sano for what it was. Mm. I think, uh, Eric, you had made the insight that he was more like a Frankenstein-esque type yeah. monster. But yeah, none of his edges were frayed or anything, so. And product work. And what? Like the final product of right. whatever this weird <clears throat> experiment. And go ahead and make a, an Arcana check, everybody. 18. 18. 20. 5. 16. 16. Doc, you, and Talos, uh, because Talos had relayed 
what he saw when he was mind melding with the beast and about how he went through the the university and he stole that statue and handed it off to somebody and it, it had taken place at night and you seem to recall that what you had found earlier on the island next to the fire the burned out fire was that extract of dark vision you could kind of make the assumption both Talos and Doc that the beast probably had dark vision and would have no need of this extract mm-hmm. and let me know if there's anything else you guys want to research or make insights on or, or try to make a connection with as we go through some of this some of these things also mm-hmm. um i want to kind of confirm my suspicion that this whatever this doctor type person was kind of like a grave robber doing something nefarious uh around here the the remains of what you found or, or what are you talking about yeah the remains of what we found inside the manticore that guy because it was like, um, we just saw his jaw or something, right? Yeah, his and jaw. It, his jaw and then some wand that he was holding. Right. Yeah, we, seemed found, to match we found a jaw, the, hand, a thigh. Yeah. And, this, and the um, bag we found in the boat suggests that he came on this boat since there was a shared raven stuff there. Yeah, so the, the wand had the raven mark. The surgical tools had, had a, a raven, raven mark. mark. Yeah. I guess, uh, can I do some, like, an insight check or investigation to kind of, like, confirm that I think it's the same, these are one the same person, or maybe it's a group of people or something like that? Okay, go ahead and uh, describe how you want to do this, like, investigation. Hmm. Um, like, are you looking at the, the hand? Are you looking at the boat? you want to look at the old fire? Or tell me what you want to do. Yeah, actually, I'll look at the hand to try and see if um, you know the tools look like they were made for someone with the, the size of hands as opposed to Oh, okay, to that, that's great. That was awesome. <laughs> nice. <laughs> another dice. Uh, 18. 18? Oh, I should have let it fall. Uh, <laughs> the wand that you found looks way too small for the hand that it was found in. Oh, okay. Yeah, it doesn't look like it belonged to that hand. Okay. But does it look like the tools match up at all or no? Like the wand to the tools? To, no, no the, the hand to the tools of the doctor. The found. surgical tools I found. The wand to the tools, or the hand to the tools. The hand, the the hand, hand to the tools. tools. The hand, no, they look too, the hand looks too big for that as well. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's too big twice. Yeah. So maybe the the wand and tools kind of fit together, but uh, this this hand or whatever who was ever grabbing this doesn't seem to match up properly. As you guys are going through and trying to determine all the stuff that you're, all the evidence that you've collected, you start to hear water rippling. You look off to the southern portion of the island, you see little lanterns, three separate lanterns, probably about three feet off of the water line as they slowly make their way towards you. And as they get closer, you can make out the three boats that brought you to the island. You see Lasne and the two other boats as they... Three other boats, sorry. As they get closer. And you see him kind of stand up on, on his boat and he say, Y'all done with that there? That there Boneyard Island? We get on back. Back to the village. It's getting dark. You know, they came and they don't wait for nobody. They'll eat you. Eat you right up. And this this land. This bad mojo. We don't want to come back to the boneyard no more. You ready to get back? I'll let the doctor handle this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cuz. Come on, no. big city. We, we is ready to head back, but I do have one question for you. Skid it. How many groups before us did you bring to this island? We never brought no group out to this island. This is a one-way trip. People come out to this island, it's because they're going to get buried out here. And ever since the beast came out this way and was taken down by that red caiman, he tainted this land. Mm. He made this this little island his, his own little home we found out, digging up all kin like that. We ain't come back to this island no more. We bury him someplace else. You know of anyone else that ever comes out this way? I ain't seen nobody out this way at all. Mm. Why, why you ask such a question like that? Well, we we found some fresh human remains inside the manticore. Manticore? 
the hell are you bringing a manticore out to our boneyard for? Uh, it was here before you were, probably. Oh, my. I don't know nothing about no manticore. Or no dead person inside no manticore, either. Someone was coming here trying to raise trouble. What'd you find that made you say something like that? Cuz? Human remains inside a manticore <laughs> that were not completely digested. But could that, rotten. Man, could that manticore have flown over here with that thing in its belly? It could have. I was just asking a question. Why are you so defensive? I'm not. I'm just concerned for my f- rest of my kin. How do you think I feel? I had to kill the goddamn thing. You killed the manticore? Yeah, it's back over yonder. All by yourself. I knew. He's more ass blood. I told you. <laughs> Everyone's like, mm-hmm. We're going to here. Yeah, you bought my teeth and you got to talk. <laughs> but look, you ain't going to get any lighter out here for the next couple hours. You already going to get on back to the village? I'm already on the boat. <laughs> Even while I'm talking, I was <laughs> clamoring over the side. <laughs> get me off this godforsaken rock. I'm ready, and then I'll get on the boat. Yeah, yeah. same here. So everybody gets on board their little corocles, and they start paddling back. Takes you back to the to the village that's up on the uprights and as we're uh, you want to swim alongside again? No, no, I'm <laughs> human form. I was gonna ask um, as he's giving us a ride back. I wanted to ask and see if there's any of his kin or anyone in the village that has been attacked by a red caiman and survived. If I might be able to visit them. Okay, so the doc is in the boat with Lasnate. They're all. You guys are all going about the same speed. Do you want to ask the guy you're riding with, or do you want to try to talk to Lasney? Talk to Lasney. I'll be there for that, too, because that would interest me to check out the wounds. Uh, I see you got something to say there. I mean, what do you got to say there, Leaf Boy? I was just wondering, you spoke highly of your kin. I was just wondering, has anyone else survived an attack from a Red Cayman before? Someone in the village. Ain't nobody ever survived an attack from a Red Cayman. They get in that water, and them came and come around. That's it. We got a new vacancy in the village. That's what I'm saying. There ain't no way. When we saw the beast get taken down after he killed all of our all of our kin, desecrated our boneyard. I'm just glad they came and took him out. And now they're saying he's still alive. Ain't no way. I don't know. But there ain't no way he survived a Cayman. I find it hard for most people to just... I only know one man that's been able to be released from the grasp of a Cayman. And he's riding along with us. Right over here. (laughs) Well, you're better man than the beast. When that Cayman latched onto his left shoulder and drug him down, he was shouting all kinds of things. Made me blush, tell you. Which I didn't think about that earlier. I would like to fully examine Irwin's wounds and kind of see bite mark impressions and stuff like that for, uh, can I roll, what do you want me to roll? Perception, nature, which boat are you on? He's you on, on my boat? Your, <laughs> he, yeah, he's not on your boat. He's nah. right beside you. Probably, no, all right, probably when back. we get back to uh, the village then. Okay. I would like to see his wounds. Are there any other questions that you uh, want to ask? I guess I got two <clears throat> questions, but I guess one would be directed Doc. Doc, for the school that you went to to create these precise surgical tools, where... Where would one be acquired to retrieve these tools? Do you seek out a blacksmith, a special engineer that might make these? Because this, I know, as a sword, is a fine tool and precise for what it made, but who creates the smaller tools for for your practice? Uh, you would have to go to a guild member for tools such as these. And... No, there are there are specific artisan guilds that deal with specialty equipment. There is no one true guild. It's more of the umbrella of the artisan guild. Um, 
but in certain large cities you'll find people that can make tools as well as this with uh, finely honed blades meant for slicing, eviscerating, and generally cutting up bodies. And you could tell that the craftsmanship that went into these tools, that these are probably worth quite a bit with the amethyst handles and the silver and, and stainless. It could split a hair. Yeah. So pretty much Alice is coming to the conclusion that this is a specialty practice. This, this isn't is something that you yeah. go to the average toolsmith, this has to, blacksmith to, to be created. My guess it would be a guild-made item. So you or got, passed down through a guild. So Alice is just trying to piece you know, some of the things that we've come across and he doesn't really understand the doc's work of surgical tools and his practice per se, but the doc doesn't either. <laughs> doc's Alice tools. doesn't know that. <laughs> I still have a child's eye in a jar on my belt. Don't forget that. Uh, yeah. So you guys finally return back to the village and he says, well, I guess I'll be seeing all you tomorrow morning at the trial, right? Cause I'm way there. I'm on stand tomorrow morning. So, are you on stand for being one of the eyewitnesses for the for the monster? What was the name of the creature? Beast. The beast. The, beast. Yeah. the prosecution asked me to to testify to what I saw that it was the beast, and I'm telling you that what I saw was a beast. The beast attacked. And how large was this beast that you saw got attacked? Like seven feet tall or so. What, what did his face look like? Could you see from where you were? I couldn't tell. We chased it at nighttime. Okay. Chased it all the way almost to the boneyard when it got attacked. Hmm. Okay. Almost to the boneyard. Was he on one of these little boats? No, but then again, swamp isn't that deep. Some places it's three feet, some places it's eight feet. Anyway, I'll see all you in the morning. All right. Bye. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> so that leaves you guys. Everybody's doors close. It's a truck back to the Lepidstad University. Probably takes you about an hour and a half to get back there. And you remember that... Uh, the barrister, Gustav Capel, said that he would be waiting for you guys when he got back if you have any information. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll make our way there. Uh, just real quick, Erwin, you have the short sword we found, right? Yes. Um, is there any way you think you could pull the wrapping off of the tang of the sword? You know, like where the grip is? Yeah, I mean, I can give it a shot. So I just want to double check and see if there's a raven mark on it. Okay. Just do like a strength check or? No, just, you just could pop it apart and unravel it. Okay. Um, don't even make, need to make a check for that. As you pull off the pommel and then the handle, you can see that the, that the tang within the handle does not have a raven mark on it. So that's the only one we have that doesn't have... That has ruins, so it's dwarven. Yeah. All right, so go see Cable. Okay, as you guys are approaching the courthouse, see it's still nighttime. There's a few lights lit on inside. One of the guards comes up to you, and you see that that giant punishing man effigy is still out front, obviously where they're going to put the beast into the center of this thing. All the kids have gone home. There's really nobody else out in the street. And the guard says, oh, well, look at this. We got ourselves the investigative clerks for the defense. I suppose you're here to see the Joker again, Mr. Cable. <laughs> yeah. Well, we moved him out of the shitter, so he's occupying the second floor office again. Moving on up. I was thinking of the old guy, that drunk guy that's always in the town square. Oh. The guy selling churros? <laughs> the guy selling churros. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> so as you dock, you go in, followed by Erwin and Oust. Talus, as you're about to go in, you 
feel somebody grab your arm. Rear frost. No, uh, <laughs> I turn around. You spin around, you see that there's a, a young boy. Looks like a street scamp. Does he look like the same uh, boy that died? No. <laughs> and he says, uh, I have his eye, you know. Oh, that's the, okay, I was, I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, I can't remember whose eye that was. He's all, are you, are you a Mr. Talos Windwoven? Uh, yeah, that's me. I, I have a message for you, sir. And he hands like a scrolled piece of parchment that's tied off with a leather strand. Okay. Uh, I'll take it, and then I'll give him uh, a real coin because I'm feeling guilty about the... He says, <laughs> no, thank you, sir. I, I've already been well compensated. I just had to drop this off for you. All right. And he he does say, though, it's urgent that you read it now. All right. Uh, carry on. I'll wait until he leaves to open okay, it up. Okay, he bells. You open it up, and it says, meet me at the... Fuck, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> It's an interesting place. Shut the <laughs> <laughs> I remember that place. Oh, fuck. I forgot the uh, Yes. No, I, exactly I got a name. I got a name. I got a name. Shut that the is. hell up, everybody. Good thing they put coordinates on I it. I used to drink there all the time when I was in college. And it says, meet me at the spiral Cromlech. A-A. Okay. Um... Have these guys gone? Like they're, they're already inside. They're already inside. Yeah, they're already inside. Um, I'll just tell Otto to tell them that uh, I'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Al morphs into a fucking croc. And like, yeah, we got <laughs> so you know that the spiral crumb, like after inquiring with some of the local town strong, oh yes, that. Fucking stone circle out of fist to the north of town. Yeah, just head on over there, man. I'll, I'll walk you if I gotta. <laughs> Enjoy the trial, sir. Uh, As you <laughs> three, the doctor, Irwin, and Oust enter the court, you notice that Talos is gone, but his bird's there. <laughs> it's representative. <laughs> That's right, represent. Yep. He's got a suit on. <laughs> and it's your best guess after conferring with this bird that he had to take care of something, which still leads you to go upstairs and and deal with Capel. You guys make your way upstairs around the, the ring of the courthouse, and then you see the three offices. The one that's in the northeast corner was the one that Capel was occupying. Door is closed. Knock on the door. Yeah, yes. Come in, please. Uh, uh, Barrister Cable, we have come back from. Oh, fuck, oh it's uh, yes. from Morast. Oh, it's you We've guys. We've done some investigation on the island. Oh, please uh, t- tell me what what do we have here? What have you? Did you find any evidence that the beast wasn't the one that that did this? I mean. All signs point to him being the one. Uh, we, we do have some evidence that supports the claim that he was not the one. Uh, one of the largest ones was there was the claim that the beast fought a red caiman. I heard that, yes. Lasney the, the Elder had mentioned that, yes. Yet the locals claim no one has ever survived it, and... Unfortunately, we have one man here who survived it. And if you look at the wounds on his shoulder... I would say get undressed, but you're already halfway there. Yeah, they're they're out in the open. (laughs) Monami. And he looks at you and he sees that, um, like where the caiman had attacked you on the shoulder as well. He could see the deep bite marks cutting into your well-oiled peck and probably from the assistance of the doc that you were able to staunch the flow of blood. But he can, you could definitely see where you were attacked, front and back. It's like, wow. So we have two people that have survived a Cayman attack, your, your ally here and the beast. But that first observation of the beast, he does not show any markings as my 
oiled friend here. <laughs> That's true, yes. <laughs> that is an odd oddity indeed. What else have you found? I mean, what if they, you know, the prosecutor, Hager, may say that he was wearing something traped over his body that brought him down, possibly? Oh, that's, that's possible. But we also found a beast on the island that had human flesh in it. Beast, you say? Oh, my. A manticore. Hmm. A manticore with child, meaning that anyone that might have crossed onto the boneyard. Especially near the nest. Near the nest. The manticore would have only done what any natural mother would have done and tried to protect her territory. But my only concern is that the the villagers that were killed were taken from the village itself, not from the graveyard. From my understanding, what the prosecution is saying is that the beast lured them out one at a time every night for ten days. Lured them away from the village. Did the prosecution give any evidence to how they were lured? No. Did these people just go willingly or? From my understanding, uh, through the uh, disclosure of the evidence, they were, some of them were out for walks, some of them were fishing off of the, off the stilts and they were just accosted. It wasn't until their village elder Lasne set up a trap to try to get him on the, the last night. How was this trap created to capture him? My understanding, I think they took the lowest of their inbred and used him as bait. Did they corral him in an area? They Did tried. They, they drench him in no, honey? No, they just so. said that they, they <laughs> went after him with uh, pitchforks and, and sticks and pikes and whatnot and, you know, fire and chased him into the swamp. Supposedly chased him all the way damn near back to their graveyard, that boneyard shithole. Well, when we were there in the boneyard, there's, there is evidence of other bad things happening. In the boneyard. How so? There were dug up graves. Graves? There were a lot of graves on that island. Some dug up, some undisturbed. Hmm. Old boats. A cache was found off the coast. He looks in his notes, thumbs through them. He's, this doesn't say anything about uh, about bodies or anything. It just only says about villagers being taken. He said graves were dug up? There were some graves that were dug up, some that were undisturbed. It almost looks like some some other adventurer must have gotten there first. Disturbing did you adventure might be still an adventurer. What else did you find there? Well, we found some magical and mastercraft implements suggesting there were other powerful factions operating on that island. Do you have them with you? May I May I view them? Sure. Maybe, well, no. I don't know, about tonight. Okay. Well. But do you have any notes? I got a, any on the DM, th- I've got all kinds of them. The trial's today, right? <laughs> <laughs> trial's in like six Couple. hours. Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, no, it's, it's at 10 o'clock in the morning. Right now it's probably about no. 2 o'clock, so you got eight hours before the trial kicks in. But, I mean... Honestly, we've, with the evidence we've given you, uh, do you think there's a way you could stall for a day while we go perhaps look at some of the other sites, like Herstag or Carb Island, to bring you more evidence? Uh, I could talk to the three justices of the peace, and, and hopefully maybe Otto will listen, and maybe we could get another day out of them, maybe at the most. Do you think it will help, though? It's definitely a start. Okay, well... The the magical implements we have and the Mastercraft tools, uh, you know, they're rightfully ours. We found them, but we no, can nobody's, provide them nobody's as... Nobody's disputing that at all. I'm just But I'm saying curious. we can provide them as, as evidence. Hmm. And being the defense, you know, you got to... New discoveries have to be brought before the court. Okay, well, certainly wish you'd change your mind about letting me see those tools. I would really like to see what they're about. Um, okay. Well, I guess uh, 
we'll give you a 30-minute sneak peek before we show everybody else. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's all new discovered uh, I mean, evidence. It's only my presented. client's life on the line. <laughs> I appreciate the heads up. Well, I guess uh, go get some sleep, and I, I hope you all sleep well this evening. I've still got a lot of paperwork to go through. He starts, as, he, as you have been talking to him, he's been making notes, and he's like, i got to... <clears throat> put these in some kind of coherent order and hopefully the, the judges will grant me the extra day. Uh, before we leave, uh, I just want to ask Cable, by any chance, is there any fine blo- uh, blacksmiths in the city that you might recommend that do excellent work? What do you, what do you need? I mean, this is mostly a medical university. Yeah. Medical, hmm? Is there any swordsmen? Anyone familiar with dwarven-made weaponry? No. It's not allowed in, in Leopardstead like that, no. Maybe some of the, uh, the outskirt dwellings would have some kind of a blacksmith, but uh, they're just rudimentary tools at best. I mean, If this is an all-medical city, then who provides the proper equipment to perform certain surgeries around here? We have an alchemist's alley that's uh, to the northeast, and they uh, there's a whole row of distributors and creators and, and artisans down there that make implements for surgery and whatnot down that way. Do you have anyone you'd recommend that we could have them look over what we found and bring them in as well uh, experts? If, if money is no object and you're really looking for some high quality. I only know this because my father himself was a, was a surgeon. Uh, he bought a lot of his, his specialty tools from Zabrazla, Hora, and Sons. And Sons, you mean? You mean this is an establishment that has been down for multiple generations? Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, you can't miss them. Their, their work is very famous. Um, they've got their maker's mark of a raven on them. Interesting choice of a sigil. Oh, I didn't create it. Well, anyways, uh, go get some rest. And uh, do you think there's you. any way you could summon the Brazla or one of his sons tomorrow while we uh, present our evidence to you? I don't see why not. I, do you think it's pertinent to the to the case? Could be. Well, after I go speak with Judge Embreath and the other two uh, justices, I'll head on over to Alchemist's Alley and see what we can do. Yeah. I'm going to go get drunk. Very well. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a long day. So as you three leave his office, heading towards your designated areas, Talos, you find yourself heading out to the northwest corner of town. You see that the businesses start to get thinner, the dwellings start to get thinner, and there's a large open area, just a large field. And from the people that you've inquired about this spiral cromlech, you know that this this place has probably been here longer than Levittstead. Is this like a Stonehenge kind of thing? It is. It's very much similar to it. You can see it on the, the map right here. Yep. And you start drawing closer to it, and at the center of these rings of stone. You see a man dressed all in black. He's standing in the shadows of the stones, hidden from the moonlight. That sounds like who I'm supposed to meet, so I'll keep going. As he sees you draw closer, you can see him nod, and he comes out into the moonlight, and you immediately recognize this man as the individual that was at the reading of the professor's will. You encountered him also across the street from Kendra's house in the deserted barn at Divian Adrasan. And he looks at you and he says, It's been a while, Talos. It has. How have you been, Adivian? I'm doing well. You still taking up lost causes? We'll see. Do you have another one for me? I still have the same invitation that was extended to you last time we met. You know, there are those that are like me that are trying to usher in a new era. 
And uh, we choose to serve those without masters. Have you ever heard of the Whispering Tyrant? I've heard his name here and there. I've heard of the Whispering Way uh, a few times here and there. The Whispering Way is synonymous with me. The Whispering Tyrant was the only individual who had a mind that would have rivaled my own by today's standard. Each of us being at the pinnacle of our own moral achievement. So let me put it to you this way. Ustalov rests upon the bones of an empire of the legendary archmage known as the Whispering Tyrant. Currently he is locked away beneath his former court by ancient magics of heroes and deities of past who think that they could keep him sequestered. And it is my goal, as well as the Whispering Ways, to try to excavate his essence out from there and transform me into what Tarbafon once was. Now, I only trust you with this information because you and I share similar backgrounds and similar hungers. But I found a way to reconstitute Tarbafon's essence. It's a formula I call the Carrion Crown. Simply put, it's an elixir that will be able to reconstitute his powers. And it's comprised of many elements, the first of which was the exoplasmic element that had once been the spirit of mm. Warden Hockran. And I admit it was coincidental and unfortunate that our former professor just happened to be at the prison at the same time the Whispering Way was there. Mm. This beast here in Leopardstad, he's part of the machination that is us. If you still hunger for that power which I offered you, this will be your final offer. I, I only have one question. I've had my suspicions and you've mentioned it a little bit. Can you tell me exactly what happened with the professor? If I tell you what happened with the professor, will you agree to come with me? Yes. The Whispering Way was sent to sequester the Warden's spirit. And my acolytes were writing ruins upon the base of the prison in an effort to entrap that essence. When the professor came to the prison while we were doing these things and he caught our people writing these ruins, when he began to question who they were and then he saw me standing at the entryway, I had no choice but to order the gargoyle to be dropped upon him after I killed him. Understood. Um, well, uh, promise is a promise. And you've let me know what, what has happened. And uh... You must understand, Talos, he stood in the way of greatness. He was already insane at the time. No, I, I understand. And I'll see what the rest of the Whispering Way has to say. They say the same thing I say. Then I'll come with you and hear it. Very well. Follow me into the circle. Okay, you I see, follow. You see him murmur a few words, and you see a circle that wasn't immediately visible begin to illuminate with runes as both of you begin to disincorporate and reconstitute elsewhere. As the night kicks off and continues to get deeper and deeper, the dock, Irwin, and Oust, you guys find yourselves burning down the rest of the clock. However, you're doing it in Leopardstead, knowing that the trial may or may not be the following day, depending on whether or not the barrister can, can get <laughs> more time. But at least you guys now know that there's there's a possibility that it wasn't the beast and he could be exonerated from 
the murders of the village of Morast. But who knows? We'll have to check that out next session. In the meantime, all you hard slingers out there and fellow slingers, Koosh, thank you for being part of the show. And we will pick up Talos' story, hopefully in a couple of years, when it yeah. comes back into play. But other than that, let's give Koosh a big hand. Yeah. And that's where we end this session. You open it up and it says, meet me at the... Fuck, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> it's an interesting place. Shut the... <laughs> I remember that place. Oh, fuck, I forgot the name. Uh, yes, no, I, I, exactly I got a name, I got a name, I got a name. Shut the hell up, everybody. Good thing they put coordinates on I used it. to drink there all the time when I was in college. And it says, simply, meet me at the Spyro... Meet me at the Spiral Cromlech. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And if you like what you're hearing, please leave us that five-star review. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com. And be sure to check out the galleries. we got a lot of really interesting stuff posted there. And finally, join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast. There are ways for you to help out the show and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass full as you roll those hard 20s.